The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Joined pretty much always on Tuesdays by the lovely and talented Steve Wiltfong, Director of Recruiting for 27... I still think he's Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Is that accurate? Yes. Good. We welcome him to the show here. We are getting a late start today. A tad bleary-eyed. Obviously, we stayed up late to watch the national championship game, if you can call it that. Good gracious almighty. What a beatdown. Um, I don't even know how to put that one in context. I guess it's just the worst night TCU could have, and Georgia just showed what they are capable of. Um, we are uh, going to focus heavily on recruiting and Steve's experience in Texas at the All-American Bowl, but we would be remiss if we did not comment as, uh, good gracious, 65-7. to seven. Uh, I'm sure you, like me, Steve, expected Georgia to win, but did you expect it to be such a non-competitive event? Well, they played their best defensive game of the year. You know, they, at times had been vulnerable on defense against some good offenses. And so I thought TCU would score some more points. And Max Duggan completely missed on some throws that um, maybe would have made the first half more watchable. Um, But, uh, I mean, there was never a doubt who was going to win that football game. Anyone that predicted TCU was out of their mind. I could not believe that people were – predicting TCU to win that game. I mean, they're completely, I mean, Georgia is incredibly talented. When you look at the semifinal, Ohio State actually had advantages over Georgia. Ohio State's quarterback room, better, although Stetson Bennett's obviously a legend. Uh, Ohio State's receiver room, better. Ohio State's offensive line room, better, in my opinion. 
Um, now Georgia had some significant advantages in that game as well. So when they clashed on the field, it ended up being a hell of a ball game and, and, and Georgia ended up making one more play than, than Ohio state did TCU. I don't know where they had anywhere had an advantage. I mean, so, uh, maybe individually at one receiver spot. Yeah. They they had the best receiver on the field that they couldn't get the ball to. Um, so Mm. that's irrelevant, you know? I mean, I think Max Duggan's a good player that played terrible in the championship, and that happens sometimes too, you know, um, which that's kind of what makes Stetson Bennett special, right, is that he, on the biggest stages and the biggest games throughout his career, has been unflappable. Um, and uh, he made plays, you know, that 21-yard touchdown run to start the scoring. I mean, hell, he – I mean, he – He threw the ball nice. He he was unbelievable at the end of the game against y'all. You know, he's played great against Alabama. He's, you know, he's he was the opposite of Max Duggan in with the bright lights on um in that ball game. And but he's played in a lot more big games too, like that. And I'll tell you what, um I went from obviously like everybody else thinking he was kind of a scrub to now he's an NFL backup quarterback for sure. Absolutely for sure. Those who doubt him, he at least deserves a really good – I mean, Taylor Heineke gets snaps in the NFL. You're telling me Stetson Bennett can't do it? And we talked before the show about something else. He's done it against the best of the best of the best in practice, and he's gone through some hardships. I got nothing but respect for that dude. Yeah, no, he's a college football legend, you know, at this point, right? A Heisman Trophy finalist. He's the play-by-play guy, as you would say. I don't know what the criteria is to get into the college football hall of fame. Like, do you have to be a first team all, consensus all American or something? There's, I think I there's the like, that question. there's some boxes you have to check that, that you, so you, there's some he boxes. He has to be in the college football you know, hall of fame. Well, I would think that's what I'm saying. Like I would think, but there's like some criteria. Like, I think you like, you have to check some boxes like consensus all American. Maybe some people are Googling it right now that that gets you onto that ballot like michael stonebreaker just made the college football hall of fame you know like he was a linebacker on notre dame's 1988 when i'm out what made his time now and he was like a hundred and he was like a 200 pound backer that had no chance of playing in the nfl really this is a true story this is gonna as an aside this is a true story the reason steve wolfong is referencing michael stonebreaker is because steve wolfong is a south bend native as is Michael Stonebreaker. The girl I tried to kiss the very first night of college was from South Bend, Indiana, and had Michael Stonebreaker's license. I don't know how she got it. That's a story for another time, but I digress, and we're back. And let's just say Michael Stonebreaker, not the college player that Stetson Bennett was. Good player, not as accomplished. All right, that's a great aside. Let's let's, – that's going to cause some some ruffles. Like, is CJ Stroud eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame? Like, I, I get, I want to look this criteria up. I'm going to look it up while you tee up your next question. Okay, here's how we need to address this. So, how does this affect Ohio State in the national kind of uh, vernacular? Is not the right word, but but I'm going to use it. As I said to you before the show, I do think Ohio State devotees are nutters. 
the blow of what's gone on recently is lessened by the fact that Michigan lost to TCU and then uh, TCU put forth such a performance against Georgia that it was characterized beautifully by my high school daughter who came downstairs, saw the score and said, Michigan lost to this team. So there's that. I do think it actually probably helped Ohio state. Um, from the nerdy, nerdy recruiting perspective, as that happened, and then our guys, which we're going to address, did so well at the All-American Bowl, I kind of think it, PR-wise, Ohio State may have come out a little bit on top, given where we were from the game. So if you want to give us your research answer and then address where you think Ohio State stands, based on what's gone on during the playoff from like maybe a national perspective, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, Ohio State's still obviously considered one of the premier football programs in college football in the way that y'all stood toe-to-toe with Georgia, and I think many believe y'all should have won that football game. Y'all have your respect from from people nationally. I think the other thing that's going to really help Ohio State is that in three months there's going to be this thing called the NFL draft. There always is. And uh, every year Ohio State players hear their names called early – I think you guys have several guys that are going to go early in the draft, and that's going to be an exciting night and also bring more momentum for this program on the recruiting trail. Certainly the season hasn't ended the way Ohio State has wanted it to end several years now, but, I mean, y'all are in the hunt. Y'all are at the table, and there's not many teams that can say that year in and year out. And so I I know you guys really want to win another one, and uh, it was oh so close this year because if you guys get in that game against TCU, it's hard not to pick y'all to to beat the Horn Frogs. So, I mean, y'all lost to Georgia in a game that, you know, Marvin goes down and, you know, you, you know, it's, it's, but look, I, 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 we kind of talked about this on a show recently. That's why I'm kind of smiling. Like Ohio state football is fine. You you know, I mean, I know you lost to your rivals two years in a row, so that sucks. But like the average person understands that y'all are a great football program. Yeah. The Vegas odds for next year are out. Uh, Georgia is the favorite. Alabama is number two. The Ohio State University is number three. Uh, Michigan's in the, actually, I think USC, believe it or not, is number four and Michigan five. So as much as things change, they stay the same. We will start next season with the same three teams on top in the eyes of Las Vegas. And I think uh, despite how the game went, I think those three programs are on top. And if you look at the recruiting battles, and who's going against who? For example, for the guys in Gwinnett County, it is basically those three programs. Believe it or not, LSU's in there for a couple dudes as well, if you look. But um, we digress. Let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back and wrap the All-Star Games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right. So I looked it up, Daniel. You have to be a first-team All-American by the by a service that is recognized by the College Football Hall of Fame to get in. So if you are not a first-team All-American. Okay, so what are those services? The AP? I assume. USA Today? Sporting yeah. News? Sure. So if you're never that, you know, you have no chance of the College Football Hall of Fame. You become eligible 10 years after you play your last game. And then while each nominee's football achievements are a prime consideration, uh, it is also taken into account what kind of man you've grown into. So you have to be a good citizen to get into the College Football Hall of Fame as well. So that's really the criteria. If you were not a first team All-American, you're an ineligible so if you were the best, if you're the second best running back of all time and the best running back of all time played college football at the same time as you and was first team and you were second team, you are ineligible for the college football hall of fame. Sounds to me like the best chance of anyone we discussed here is Marvin Harrison Jr. If he comes back and puts together a season like we expect, um, he'll have a good shot because he finished, well, I mean, three years in college. In his second year, I think he's widely, widely considered the number one player in his position in the entire sport. If you do that for two out of your three years, I would think you are Hall of Fame worthy, and he will throw the numbers up too, given the way the passing game has matured. Okay, let's talk about the All-American Bowl. Ohio State had, I believe, six dudes down there. Is that right? Maybe seven. Brandon seven. Ennis, Carnell Tate, uh, Lincoln Keenholz. Malik Hartford, Calvin Simpson Hunt, Luke Montgomery, and Joshua Mickens. That's six or seven. It's early. Innocent Tate were, to me, just so encouraging to see because, listen, if we got a dollar for every time we mentioned them on this show, I could retire. Um, and so to see them go down there and just absolutely perform as advertised, and in fact, not just as advertised, I would say they were like almost like the best case scenario version of each. And Brandon Ennis, I want you to address this. I think something we forget about football is that it's a sport. And as much as you measure and, and there are some guys who are just really good at the sport of football, like the game part of it, and they just are a natural. And Brandon Ennis, you know, he, he dropped a little bit in the final rankings. I think he was maybe the lowest rated five-star. If he wasn't 31, he was 32, and we do it for the draft. But he's also was voted player of the year in Florida, which is the land of alpha dogs for football. And he was alpha from the second he got down there, man. His first interview when he got down there, it was like he was born and lived in Texas. There were, you know, he, he just was so comfortable. I ended up thinking by the end of the – all your coverage and people, Steve did yeoman's work down there. The guy's a video machine to the point I was going to ask you if you were on meth at one point because you were going for so long. Ennis is going to get snaps in the slot for Ohio State this season. Am I overhyping him? But I, I do think we deserve the, the two receivers deserve to be isolated and credited here just because we've talked so much about them. 
And, you know, we talked about, like you said, for the NFL draft, the package deal idea and stuff. Just please brag on my two receivers like we, we got coming. Yeah, so since eighth grade, Brandon Innes has been starring amongst great football players. Saw him on the seven-on-seven circuit playing for South Florida Express as an eighth grader, and he was a playmaker. You know, he is someone that just always rises to the occasion of the event, and whatever the level of the competition is on the field, he's the be- one of the best players on it when it's all said and done. And I was kind of talking to my colleagues down there, and it's such a subtle thing but you're watching them practice and the way that Brandon Innes attacks the football when it's in the air, I'm not sure that I've seen a high school receiver attack the ball the way he does. When the ball is coming his way, I've never seen a receiver. He's running like a curl or whatever. The way he comes back to the ball, it's like he's almost meeting it at the damn quarterback. He's coming back so far. I mean, like, the ball's in the air. He's going to get it, like coming back to it, snatching it, and then quickly football motion back the other way to make something happen when the ball's in his hands. He's just, a, as you said, he's just a football player, uh, understands how to play. His the, way, the game speed he plays at is different than everybody else. I think that's also what makes him unique. He's an incredibly confident kid. He is a Solid good, built, too. He is built like a running back. He is a like he is a good dude too. Like he's someone that people like being around. Um awful kid. Yeah, he's you see him around be, little kids. He's already like a pro. Yeah, what I mean, he honestly carries him like a himself like a pro and everything. Like he's he's very mature. Um and so uh I, you know, I, I think I I wrote the other day he's gonna be Captain Buckeye. I mean yeah. he's just He's going to be beloved by everybody. I just don't see – if you would have put him in Ohio State's receiver room this year, I think you would have found a way to be in the rotation. That's just how he ele- – that's the best way to explain how he elevates his game to whatever's happening around him. So, um, he, he, you know, he he's uh, he, he's, a, he's a special player um, and, and a special competitor. Carnell Tate um, was super smooth. Easy creates easy separation, elite ball skills, wins the one-on-one ball. He's very dangerous after the catch. You he's could be a guy that could be a factor in the return game for Ohio State, as we saw on the prep level. It just seems to be so easy for Carnell Tate. He's a glider. Um, I mean, those guys were the best two receivers in San Antonio, and there were some really good receivers in San Antonio. Some guys that I think are going to be great players. Jalen Brown at LSU, Cordell Russell at TCU immediately come to mind that those guys are going to be among the best in college football. But those two guys going to Ohio State were fantastic. Jalen Brown was better than I thought he was. was. Um, and then um, Lincoln Lincoln Kineholz, he you know he Keen. gets there. Keenholz, he gets there, he practices. It was up and down, and there were more downs than ups um, as he adjusts to the speed of the game um, and just gets to know the guys he's around or or whatever. It's practice. Um, he just didn't look all that great. And if they wouldn't have had a game, you would have left there saying, well, I don't know if he meets the standard of the quarterbacks that Ohio State has recruited before him if you only just went off your practice observations. Um, but when the game and the lights came on, you know, the West team got smoked, but he was able to move the football, get first downs, get points on the board when he was in. 
and part of it part of his deal was that his anticipation or his his pocket presence his ability to feel pressure his ability to escape pressure and like these defensive linemen at the east are running around out there keon keely jordan hall like those guys are big fat they can run i mean they they are going to be dangerous in the SEC because quarterbacks are going to struggle to get away from them when they are breathing down on them. Lincoln Kynholz has like that escape mechanism to him where he can, they're breathing down his neck. He feels that he's out of there and he's quicker than you and he can extend the play because of that. And he did that a few times and made things happen. He was able to freestyle and make things happen in havoc. Um, He's going to get stronger at Ohio State, which is going to elevate his his traits. When did he transferring uh, to LSU? Who? Oh, Lincoln. I mean, literally, we have... are describing. We are literally describing Joe Burrow, dude. I know that's a lazy comparison, given he's a honky from Ohio State, but that is literally the scouting report on him in yeah. high school. But if you go back and look at Joe Burrow. Um, the data was there to rank him as the number one player in the country. We just didn't see in high school. Yeah, we just didn't see it. Like, I mean, I think Joe Burrow in his last high school game, and I know some of y'all know it better than me, but I think he had like 30 and 15 in the state championship or something like that. And maybe he did. I mean, he like, led, it was a yeah. small school. He led, in the state championship game in football, it was him versus Jerome Baker, believe it or not. Right. And yeah. believe me, Baker came from a private school that also had uh the defensive back Justin Lane, who I think went to Michigan State and then was the Steelers. So, right, Benedict team so, was a legit team, no question. And I went and visited uh, Baker in, in in high school too. But uh, um, Keenholz, you know, he's a three sport standout in South Dakota that's never fully focused on football. That in this setting, as the week got went on, got better, and in the game made a lot of plays. I thought well, I watched and, the game, and so. I'm excited about Lincoln Keenholes if I'm Ohio State. And For sure. you know, we'll see, you know, it's up in the air who y'all get in 2024 right now, you know. And so um, Lincoln's got to be a good player for Ohio State, too. You know, he he's not coming there to hold somebody's briefcase, he, you know, in Ohio State. No, no, no. Ohio he thinks State, he's going to play. Ohio State is going to have to count on him the way it's set up right now. You know, it was all fun and games when Dylan Rayola was committed. You're like, well, 23 is a gap year. Well, 23 is now an important year because, I mean, mm-hmm. y'all got some talented guys in the room, but there's no one that's like guaranteed right now to be the next first team All-American College Football Hall of Fame eligible passer, right? So, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, let's talk about the defensive backs. Obviously, Ohio State secondary has come under some duress for its performance late in the season the last two years. I would say that it does seem like the college football playoffs are going to be high-scoring affairs going forward, so your defense is really there to keep you under 40 or 30 rather than shut right, you out like the old days. But um, two guys that really thrive down in um, – in Texas were Texas native Calvin Simpson hunt a late flip for Ohio state from Texas tech. And I think maybe that, that it was Texas tech, maybe dampened the fanfare a little bit. And then Malik Hartford, the uh, 
from down my neck of the way here in Westchester, Ohio, between uh, right outside of uh, Cincinnati, also thrive down there. So let's talk about those two. Simpson Hunt, to me, really passed the eye test in that he's rocked up already in terms of physically. Hartford may need a little bit of uh, love from Mick. Well, I mean, Simpson Hunt, he's uh, he was one of one of my favorite guys, regardless of position from a pure prospects standpoint, I mean, for him to be able to run and cover some of the speedy receivers that were down there easily stride for stride. I mean, he's a 10, 600 meter guy, but he's powerfully strong. He'll be able to hold up and tackle in space. I think uh, when he gets to the big 10 um, and, and you talk about flipping him from Texas tech, well, a lot of people are trying to flip him from Texas tech. Um, and Joey McGuire and that Red Raider staff, they were in on him first because they under, they have just great inroads with the high school coaches in the Lone Star State, and they have the fortitude to offer kids first and stand by it and not care what else is happening. Um, but the rest of the country caught on with Calvin Simpson Hunt, and Ohio State landed him. And, you know, in my opinion, he's a stock-up guy uh, with, with the way he performed and with the traits that he has. You know, I think that he's a guy that could be a special corner for Ohio State, um, Malik Hartford um, does does not wow you when he checks in right now. I mean, he's a high he looks like he's in high school, um, but on the field, he made as many plays as anybody. He was rangy, knocked down a lot of passes. Um, he can cover. He's instinctual. And then I was talking to uh, someone inside the Woody yesterday. Uh, about uh, some of these Ohio State commits that I saw, I called to ask some questions, and they, you know, they talked about how Malik Hartford and all 165 pounds of them has the fortitude to still come up and put his helmet on somebody and his his pads on someone and run support. So he's going to be a guy that's going to have a major transformation at Ohio State physically, which is going to athletically make him faster and stronger. So. I'm real excited about Malik Hartford and his long-term uh, his, what he could be long-term at Ohio state. Cause he's already a good football player that, you know, once he puts on 40 pounds, cause he's going to put on 40 pounds in college. It's, I mean, like it's a lot, it, but it's going to, with that, it's going to be a great 40 pounds and it might, yeah, 165 to 205. Okay. I think that's feasible. He, it's going to be interesting to see what he is uh, on the other side. It seems like, like you said, knocking the balls down. Great instincts when the ball's in the air, which is that kind of like mercurial part of playing defensive back and being that rangy safe that you can't teach, that first step towards the ball. Um, he's obviously got it. Joshua Mickens and Luke Montgomery, maybe not quite as impressive, but uh, held their own a little bit. Well, I thought Mickens definitely flashed quite a bit. Um, there's some guys that are more touted that maybe flashed more that he was lined up beside in practice that made more noise than him. Um, but he certainly showed why he was a coveted player. Look, he's, he's explosive. Um, he's gaining good weight too. He's, I get one thing that Josh Mickens is that the other guys at that event weren't is he's a three sport athlete, you know? I went and saw Josh Mickens play basketball a few weeks ago when he was in my suburb, Zionsville, which Zionsville, we got a guard that's going to go play at Penn State. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, you know, Josh Mickens, I like the way he moved in, in, in there and, and, and the athleticism that he has on the basketball court. Um, 
he he's a guy that uh, competed hard at the All America Bowl in football, and then he's really good at track and field. So uh, it'll be interesting when he's focused on just football in Ohio State strength and conditioning program. There's a lot to be excited about with with Josh Mickens. And I watched the Under Armour game, and there was a series where Jason Moore wrecked shop on three different plays. You know, those are two two really good defensive linemen that Ohio State have coming in in this 2023 class that have good traits. Um, and then Luke Montgomery. I, I love the uh, competitiveness that he played with. I, I think he's a good athlete. I think he can move and bend. And, uh, you know, I project him on the interior uh, just from a length standpoint when he gets to Ohio State. But, you know, I think he's going to be a nice foundational piece for you guys on the offensive line. You guys took five guys. I think the kid from Connecticut or Rhode Island or Massachusetts or wherever he's from, that's not getting much hype. He's the guy that I'm really watching. Miles? For- yeah, Miles. Yeah, he's got the most upside, in my opinion. He's a guy that if we turn around and he's a first or second round pick down the road, uh, I would not be surprised. A lot of traits there. Um, but Luke Montgomery had a good week in practice and, uh, you know, um, had a good senior year and, and uh, will come into Ohio State and be ready to compete. Real question for Luke. Like you said, as a matter of position, I think everyone viewed him as a tackle and he weighed, uh, measured at 6'3". At the event, I'll say this. Those events are the first time you actually get reality when it comes to height in a lot of cases. So we'll build off that. We appreciate Steve stopping by. And I think what he has passed along beautifully is that the sky is not falling. Ohio State is in, good, in, is in as good a shape as almost anybody. If we could somehow cut and paste Gwinnett County somewhere between Youngstown and uh, Columbus, that might help. I don't think that's going to happen. But we definitely appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam, with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.